1: Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our friend at iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcast. We're glad you all could be with us as well. We're excited to welcome author Daniel Jose Oder to our broadcast today to talk to us not only about his love of storytelling, but also the success of his book, Ballad and Dagger. Many of you guys got to know him for that. But his newest book out this week is called Last Canto of the Dead, We'll talk to Daniel not only about what it's been like for him to weave together these worlds, but also to see the way that his characters are resonating with readers of all ages. Daniel, thank you again for the time. Glad to have you on the broadcast.
0: Uh, Thanks so much. It's really great to be here. Thank you for that great introduction.
1: I appreciate it. So look, man, I've been looking forward to this conversation with you. For those of us who are fans of *Ballad* and Dagger, of course, we've gotten to kind of see the worlds you've created. But Daniel, could you have imagined when you kind of created these characters that they would have latched on to readers of all ages the way that they have?
0: No, it's incredible to behold. Uh So many people have just told me that they see themselves in this book, that they found a home in this book. And, you know, that's the best thing you can say to a writer. Like reviews and accolades are awesome, but really talking to readers who have just really like tapped into the mythology, to the world. And and this is a fantasy book, you know, but I think yeah. fantasy speaks to people on this very deep level that they still can find home in it. And And that's such an honor to be a part of.
1: And Daniel, you know, I think too, like with Last Cantor of the Dead, of course, I had a chance to get an early early reader copy. And what I thought was so interesting is that you bring up an interesting point. It is a fantasy, but I think it's also aspirational. I think especially for young people mm. to want to see themselves as individuals mm-hmm. who are strong, able to make a difference and make an impact. Is that kind of part of your hope that you're not only able to entertain, but also to encourage young people to think even outside their circumstances?
0: Exactly that. I mean, you said it perfectly. It's about looking at the world around you and seeing, trying to understand what your role in it is, you know, who you are in the world. And I think that's true of young people everywhere. No matter who you are, what your background is, you're always trying, especially in those adolescent years, trying to figure out how you fit into this world. And especially now when the world is in so much turmoil and there's so much bad news and it's really hard to find light in that But that's what we all have to do. And that's what young people, I think, especially struggle to do. So, you know, we meet Mateo, who is this 16-year-old piano prodigy, and he has to tap into these healing powers as this ancient evil is rising in his community from the shadowy history of their magical lost island. And he has a crush on this girl who just murdered someone right in front of him, right? So there's there's elements of magic and, and murder and everything else, but it's really about a boy and then in the second book a girl, too, trying to find their way through the world.
1: Yeah. And realizing, for one, I think even when you feel alone, right, that you don't have to be alone, you know, that you can be able to align yourself. So I want to talk about how this all began for you, Daniel. When did you know? When did you know that storytelling was something that you wanted to
0: do? Mm. You know, it was always storytelling on some level. When I was a kid, I, I was that kid that always had a pad of paper and a pen, and I was always drawing cartoons. And I just took it everywhere I went. But the, the, those cartoons had stories behind them. Every single one of them, you know, I could have told you all the different weird, weird worlds that they were about and everything else. Uh, in my 20s, it was music. And so I was working as a paramedic on, on the ambulance in New York City, and I was doing music on the side. And I loved doing that. But at the end of the day, what it came back to it was storytelling. Uh, whether it was through song or through cartoons or finally through words on the page. And that really ended up being what I honed in on as like this is what I'm going to do and this is going to be the central focus of my life. And I love it. I've, I've been doing it ever since, and it's really where my heart is.
1: Yeah, and now, of course, you're able to share that with all of us. The other th- the interesting thing I think about with the Last Canto of the Dead, as well as with uh, with Ballad and Dagger, uh, Daniel, you, you give us something interesting uh, to think about, and I'm, I'm going to mention it about the characters, but ask you about yourself personally, because they, as you just alluded mm-hmm. to, they have gifts, but they're not always gifts that they trust. Mm-hmm. Have you always trusted your gift as a storyteller? Have you always trusted mm-hmm. that if you used it, that it would be able to, to have the power that it's having?
0: Mm, Man, What a great question. Uh, You know, I think a lot about that very thing. I think we have a tremendous responsibility as storytellers. And so while on the one hand, I do feel there's a, there's a moment when you're writing a story where you walk into it and usually a series of moments. And, and those are, those moments are surrounded by like seas of moments of, of totally feeling adrift and not knowing if it's working or not. And you're constantly negotiating, like trying to get to the next moment where it makes sense. And and it's, sometimes it's a huge act of faith to just keep going and figure out if the pieces are going to fit together, and sometimes they don't, right? So that's always inherent to the process. I think uh, on on another level, storytelling feels like a first language, and it's one I'm very comfortable in, and, and I just have always loved. Um, and then finally, like I said, we we stories change the world. Like, hands down, period, end of the line. Like, that's the truth. The story is the most powerful thing in the world. Uh, Politicians know it. uh, Marketing people know it. And certainly writers have to know it. And I think we have to take that very seriously because something that can change the world and make it better can also make it worse. So that's where the responsibility piece comes in. And that's not always easy, but it is the reality that we face. And I think it's a great thing to embrace if we look at it head on and don't try to pretend that, like, oh, whatever, I'm just putting some silly story out in the world. No, you're changing lives, and you have to deal with that so that you don't change them and, and send them down a negative spiral. Exactly.
1: And I think that, again, is a great lead-in to Les Canto of the Dead. So for yourself, when this first began, I mean, this particular book in this series, uh, as we kind of look at even Bellet and, and Dagger – I want to talk about, for yourself, the evolution, because we do see an evolution, of course, in the worlds that you created, but also what about yourself as an evolution, mm. as a storyteller? I mean, did you feel any extra pressure going from ballot to this book?
0: Oh, man, yeah, absolutely. I always I say every project, every book, you know, it has its own life, and it's alive in a different way, and it, and, and as such, it demands its own process. So you might think you know, and th- this is, Last Countdown is my 19th book, which is wild, but every single one has been different, and it's taught me how to be human in a different way, and, uh, and of course, how to be a writer in a different way. So as an example, this is Outlaw Saints is a perfect example as a series. Ballad and Dagger is a book that I outlined. I had outlines of my outlines. I had rough drafts of my outlines. I mean, I just worked them into the ground. I drew pictures. I had storyboards. I went to town. And and that that was that process that it demanded. And when I got to Las Canto, it's a very different story. And it's just as complex with just as much world building and, and depth and, and in fact two narrators, right? So there's there's a lot there, but I knew instinctively that it wasn't a book that I could outline. And I really just had to jump in and let the story guide me and and follow it where it would. And that's what I did, which was hard. But um yeah. again, it grew me as a writer and grew me as a person.
1: Ah, so that brings up this question. I'm glad you mentioned that. So which character surprised you the most? You don't have to give anything away, of course, but what, what characters you were sure. kind of seeing then, last count to kind of unfold, which character surprised you the most?
0: Oh, yeah, well, definitely Chayla, right? So Taylor's the love interest in Dollar and Dagger, and I certainly set out very intentionally to make sure she wasn't just a flat, like pretty face, you know, love interest type character. She needed yeah. to really have a life and a history of her own. And that was something that I really had in the forefront of my mind uh, writing her initially, and she did. She she came to life for me fully, and to the point that when I finished the book, I realized when I when I was going to write the sequel, she really needed her own point of view section. So the, the sequel, Last Council of that did jumps back and forth between Mateo's story and Chela's story. And as they're telling it, and Chela's deeply, deeply connected to the island of San Madrigal. So she's able to walk through its history in a kind of mystical way to understand what happened and how we got here better. And she, she, some of that I knew and some of that I found out, but she, by leaps and bounds, just, you know, really took her a life of her own and became who she is as I was writing her.
1: Yeah, I love the fact. I will say this, and this isn't spoiling anything, but I love the fact that you know we all have heard the cliche or the saying about being stronger together. Each one of them, of course, has their own ability and power, but right. definitely realizing they're stronger together. And I think it says a lot for the reader, especially young readers, about how important it is for us to come together to be able to see what we can be able to do um, do together. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, uh, Daniel, and again, I appreciate the time. So excited for you and our audience to read the book this week as it's releasing. For audience, Thank you so much. I, I want to ask you about your advice because I'm sure you get this question all the time. But what do you normally mm. say to people about who people feel as though they have a story in them that they want to tell? What advice do you normally give them?
0: Mm. Oh, great question. You know, uh, the, the, uh, there's a poem I always come back to. It's by a, a poet named Antonio Machado. And the poem says, Caminante no hay camino, se hace camino andas, which means walker, there is no path, you make the road by walking it. And I love that so much, uh, for life, for writing, for, you know, whatever art form you practice. It's so true. Uh, we get so caught up in looking for a path. And the truth is we are making the path as we walk. You know, even the process of looking for one is making one. And we, remembering that it's almost like you can let out a breath because you cannot be lost if there is no path. You, you just have to make that path. You have to have a machete and you got to chop. And that's a beautiful and terrifying process, I think, to really like give over to and accept. Um, but that's the process, whether we like it or not. And so, it, you know, it doesn't mean don't study, you know, the great masters and don't look at, like, you know, your role models, for sure. But look at them with a critical eye and understand that whatever it's going to be, it's going to be what you do is going to get you where you're going.
1: Great message. That's a great reminder. Again, everyone, we've been speaking with Daniel Jose Older. He's celebrating his His brand new book this week, "Left Canto of the Dead, depending on how you guys are listening to us, uh, it is releasing this week, so you guys can, of course, get it through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore as well. Daniel, how can our audience stay connected with you, man?
0: Uh, The best way is my website. It's danieljoseolder.net. Up there, you can find all my new books coming out. Uh, I have a bunch of Star Wars work, uh, comic books that are on the way. And um, there's also uh, writing classes that I have posted online. If you're interested in writing, that's a great way to start and uh, and a blog from back when I was a, a medic, which is kind of how I started writing was telling the stories on the ambulance. Awesome.
1: Daniel, again, congratulations, Steve, man. Really appreciate the time and looking forward to speaking with you thank again. Thank you so
0: much. Man, it's been wonderful talking to you. Let's do it again.
1: All right, then. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Web. as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. And let's go to make today amazing. Take care.